Welcome back to the Oral Health Podcast, where we're in the fifth and final week of National Smile Month now, where we are focusing on the different ways that the mouth and the body are connected. So today we are taking a more focused look at oral health within sports, where we're looking at nutrition and sports supplements, as well as mouth guard use. So today I am talking to Dr. Guy Deeming, who is an orthodontist up in the northeast of England, about the different ways that sports and oral health are connected from um, his experience. And also thank you to Align Technology for linking us up with Guy. Without you, this conversation wouldn't have been able to happen. So I hope that everyone listening enjoys the conversation as much as I did. Guy, do you want to just give a little introduction about yourself um, for anyone that might not know you? Yeah, thank you so much, Sophie. My my name's Guy Deeming. I'm a specialist orthodontist based in the northeast of England, working in uh, mixed NHS and private practice. And we look after a lot of people um, who engage in sporting activities on a very regular basis, whether that's our, our younger patients and teenage patients, or indeed uh, increasing numbers of our adult patients because of the general move towards obviously health and self-improvement. Um, there's a lot of crossover between the work that we do and what people tend to do when, they're, uh, when they've got their trainers on. So talk a little bit about that then. I guess there is a crossover between people wanting to go and get things done to improve their oral health and then also things like gyms and sports. And now that COVID procedures are coming to be a little bit less um, intense, people can go and do contact sports and things like that. I think that's right. Looking after children with braces who play rugby and hockey at school has always been an issue. There's always been challenges around that. But there's no question that the number of people that are seeking opportunities to improve their health and well-being, whether that's through orthodontics or whether that's through exercise or whether that's through quite serious sporting endeavours, mm-hmm. seems to be on the increase. And you only need to look at the popularity of things like park run. And frankly, on the other end of the extreme, the popularity of some of the ultra marathons, you know, the number of, kind of you know, extreme long distance races that are now available wherever you are in the world compared to even 10 or 15 years ago is extraordinary. So there's definitely something going on about the way people want to exist on the planet in terms of feeling good and, and looking good. And there is undoubtedly some crossover. And of course, that raises issues, issues and challenges and questions um, as we kind of tread the line between doing the right thing by your sport and your training uh, and also, of course, keeping you safe in terms mm-hmm. of your teeth and dental and oral health, particularly during orthodontic treatment, which is my uh, frame of reference mm-hmm. during my nine to five work. How can orthodontics um, affect you when you're playing sport? I mean, the obvious thing that comes to mind for me is, I guess, mouth guards. You've got to get uh, different types of mouth guards. But is there anything anything else there's a couple of things and actually when we look back at the evidence base for orthodontics and one of the things that we do know is that younger patients with particularly large overjets that's obviously teeth stick out for want of a better term tend to be at more risk of trauma and particularly young young uh, boys and girls who maybe engage in sort of football and contact sports and those kinds of things maybe a little bit more prone when they do have teeth that sit forwards to getting knocks on those front teeth so that, that's the first thing that orthodontic treatment per se to correct those types of problems can help reduce some of those risks of trauma. And it's one of the things that we do know from the orthodontic evidence base. The second thing, of course, as you rightly say, is the issue around mouth guards. And mouth guards is a constant battle, isn't it? Because they are not always the most comfortable thing or the most glamorous thing to do, and, and maybe not the most pleasant thing when they've been 
floating around at the bottom of your kit bag for a week next year, rugby boots and your whatever else you forgot to put in the wash when you got home from games last week. (laughs) So I think it is a constant battle. And I think the trouble is with mouth guards historically is that we all view the probability of an accident in a different way. So you say, well, I was fine last week, so I'll be fine this week. But that's not quite how it works. So getting young people to engage with something preventative, I think, is incredibly important. And there's definitely been a move towards making mouth guards more acceptable in terms of colours and styles and actually kind of making them a little bit cool. There's one particular uh, very high profile sports manufacturer that's done a very good job of branding uh, mouth guards and making them something that people want to be seen in. But it also fits because people want to have nice teeth and they want to have a nice smile and they will make efforts to protect themselves from that, whatever their age, actually, which is really nice. So to the point, yeah, wearing a mouth guard is is very, very important if you're engaging in contact sports. It becomes even more important when you have fixed orthodontic appliances because the consequences of getting an elbow or a knee or a head to the teeth can be quite significant particularly in terms of the way the lips can be damaged or bruised or cut with the appliance doesn't always look great can protect the teeth by holding them in position and providing that little bit of splint and support from the teeth being knocked clean mm-hmm. out which is obviously the worst case scenario so it remains important it remains an ongoing uh, conversation with all of our patients what hobbies do you engage with do you wear a mouth guard and then talking them through the options to protect themselves when they're doing those contact mm-hmm. sports. You know, I I play a contact sport, and it's funny when you say it about the mouth guard being left in the bottom of the kit bag because I've definitely done that a few times, and it's grim. You know, like you can get away with leaving elbow pads, knee pads, and things in the kit, but. If you forget to clean your mouth guard and you pop it in, you're going to know about it. <laughs> it's horrid. My, 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 I have a, I have a twelve year old son, and he has a mouth guard. And I say, "Have you got your mouth guard?" He goes, "Yeah." yeah. And he says, "Well, is it, do you need a new one yet?" And he goes, "No, it's fine." And it's like, it's just oh yeah, no, it's not. It's not pretty, but he's listen. Whatever, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. I suppose, but it's <laughs> a fairly robust immune system by now. Yeah, That's what gosh. I'm going to. Is there anything you should do when you're cleaning something like a mouth guard, just while we're on the topic? Because I've got to admit, I really don't know much about it. Depends on how they're made. I mean, some of them, I mean, classically, you get the kind of boil and bite mouth guards from Mm -hmm. a high street retailer. And they're they're a great get you out of trouble solution, actually. And we certainly recommended those a lot during during COVID and when people got stuck. But obviously, you can't expose them to warm temperatures because they'll completely lose their shape. And equally, most mouth guards don't do well with warm temperatures. And you need to be a little bit careful with abrasives as well, because they can damage the material. They can actually create microscopic little kind of um, abrasions in there, which will attract the bacteria. So there are proprietary cleaning products you can get, various retainer cleaners, which you can use according to the instructions. There's a number of those that exist. But I know the other thing that we're seeing more of now, you can get little disinfecting sprays which are really quite nice so that you can kind of take your mouth guard out. You can keep a little bottle of spray, you spray that into the mouth guard, pop it into the, the into the box. Cause you should always keep it in a box. That's very important. Um, and one more tip, make sure the box has got ventilation holes in it. Otherwise the, the curse of the mouth, the moldy mouth guard oh, yes. might, <laughs> might be there in a week's time. And that's really unpleasant. So yeah, the, the sprays, the retainer thing sprays are increasing in popularity and availability and do work well. Cause they can just sit in your kit bag, little spray back in the box, rinse it under the tap or a bit of water and then 
get it back in next week and away you go. And that should keep the odor and some of the, any, any, any kind of um, slightly unpleasant uh, bacterial growth to, to a minimum. But certainly heat and abrasives are the enemy of these things. And when um, if someone has a fixed like train track braces, mm. do they then have to get special mouth guards and things made by an orthodontist? It's a very, very common question. And the, the short answer is yes to all. My advice generally depends a little bit on what sport they're playing, how mm -hmm. seriously they're playing it, and, and actually to some degree how old they are and how quickly the dentition is developing. If they are playing occasional school hockey, then the boil and bite type mouth guard may be sufficient as long as it fits well, doesn't fall out of the mouth and covers the teeth particularly in the early stages of the treatment, because the advantage of those is that you can remold them. However, if it does not fit properly, it doesn't cover and protect the, both the braces and the teeth, or it comes out, or they are playing more serious sports, then they must consider investing in a custom-made mouth guard by the orthodontist using an appropriately registered laboratory where they will create the space around the brackets. The mouth guard will then be trimmed appropriately and safely. Certain sports have got very specific regulations, but some of the uh, martial arts and boxing being most notable. Um, the Amateur Boxing Association has got very strict rules around how mouth guards are made and how they are used. And the interesting thing about that is that the boxers accept that. And there is actually an almost a status and a credibility for having the mouth guard in contrast to some of the other sports. I'm going to say football, you know, where actually the idea of wearing a mouth guard would really single you out as being, you know, why are you wearing a mouth guard? And, and then obviously some of the others are in the middle. But so, for example, if you if you do play certain contact sports, they won't let you have black or red mouth guards because they want to be able to see if you do get a knock, if there's any bleeding and so on and so forth. So you do need to be careful and certainly seek the advice of the sporting organisation if there is any specific questions around the type and form of the mouth guard, um, boxing and, and, and kickboxing and some of the other martial arts being specific ones that come to mind. So generally, as I say, a sliding scale, boil and bite's great. You can actually get off the shelf ones. Uh, they're good get you out of trouble options if you lose your main one and they can work really well but it's a bit like nobody's average. They never quite fit as well as a as custom-made one. And that has to be the gold standard. Mm -hmm. But equally, it's not fair or reasonable to expect patients or parents of patients to have a new mouth guard made every eight weeks because the teeth have moved. So it's striking that balance, really. But your orthodontist or your dentist, I, I would hope and imagine, would always give you sound advice. And indeed, the British Orthodontist Society and the Safe Smiles campaign, there's lots of information on the website there that you can look for and look to uh, to provide that kind of information and support. Yeah, absolutely. And that was actually going to be one of my other questions of, you know, your teeth shape and your mouth shape change so often when you're having braces. So surely that is quite an ongoing expense. And I guess where one of these um, melt and mold models could be handy because yeah. when your mouth changes, you can mold it as you go. Yeah, they, it can work. And indeed it can. And then once you get into a, a, a later stage of treatment where things are a little bit more stable, then maybe investing in a customized one. But of course, by definition, because you've got the braces on there in the first place, they're designed to not fit incredibly closely because they've got to fit around the braces. So they can become remarkably tolerant, actually. And certainly I wouldn't throw it away if it does start to stop fitting as comfortably. Take it to your orthodontist, let them have a little look. And quite commonly, they can be trimmed or adjusted to give it another lease of life for another couple of months. Um, probably not something to take on yourself 
um, unless you're feeling particularly confident. But mm-hmm. it's amazing how long these things will keep going and still be uh, still be effective. Now, uh, the other option, of course, is that you have treatments with clear aligners which is the other option, which is something that we've seen. I've had the good fortune to treat a number of professional boxers and they, they have sought out treatments with clear aligners as opposed to fixed braces because they are doing so much sports and so much training and they need those mouth guards to fit carefully and properly. And with a clear aligner treatment, you can have a mouth guard that fits as good as it ever did. And of course, the clear aligner in and of itself provides some degree of protection and you can even wear a mouth guard over the top. So there are some very specific advantages to that particular style of treatment that uh, sports people are are seeking out and actually having recommended to them uh, quite rightly, in my view, because it does take away some of those soft tissue risks with a fixed appliance. Of course, the overarching needs of treatment should dominate. Um, but as we grow in sophistication in terms of our offerings to patients, that that's becoming an ever, ever more popular and viable option for serious contact sports players. That's really good to know. And that's that's not something that I was aware of, that you can wear a, um, a mouth guard over the top of a clear aligner sometimes. The secret is we discovered that by accident. OK, <laughs> <laughs> we, forgot, we forgot to tell a patient to take the aligners out and they came back and they said, oh, it's brilliant. I feel like we've got double the protection. And we go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, it's serendipitous, let's call it serendipitous. Mm-hmm. So, now, so now we give patients the choice. Um, and, and the issue with that, of course, is that, you know, with aligners, they need to be worn. Otherwise, the treatment doesn't work. And if you've got somebody that's training or sparring for five hours a day and they're not, you know, they, they need to wear it. Otherwise, the whole mm-hmm. thing is slightly, slightly futile, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I sorry, I think you touched on this a little bit earlier, so I'm going to circle back just a little bit. Mm. When you're getting um, orthodontic treatment done, um, because the teeth are moving, they're much more sensitive. And so are yeah. you then at more risk for things like injuries or getting teeth knocked out or like injuries becoming more severe because of the treatment you're having? No, no, I don't think that's quite the case. I, however, the, the one thing I would say at this stage is that teeth, ha- teeth that have had previous trauma. So in other words, if you have knocked your teeth through sports or whatever it might be, then those teeth can be more vulnerable during orthodontic treatments. And it's certainly worth flagging that to your orthodontist if they don't specifically ask you that that tooth has had a knock or to, I mean frankly you know 99 times out of 100 will be picked up anyway but certainly previous trauma is an indication for a higher risk situation but orthodontic treatment in and of itself does not mean that you are more risk of trauma or indeed more severe trauma in fact probably people will be more careful when they've got their braces on because they know that goodness me I don't want to get my lip caught on these if I get if I get the proverbial elbow um mm-hmm. so I don't I think it there is a, there is an association there but it's the other way around so the previously traumatized teeth are at more risk but the sport in itself doesn't predispose you uh to more risk mm-hmm. teeth can feel tender though you know so the idea of getting a knock on your slightly tender bruised teeth is not hugely appealing yeah. um for lots of patients so um but you know sport sport is a, is a labor of love for lots of people and you know, I don't think orthodontic treatment should get in the way of that. I think it's incredibly important that people are encouraged to continue to engage with those hobbies and lifestyles. And actually, I think one of the things as orthodontists we are striving to do in 
2022 is to make treatments more acceptable, is to make them more compatible with people's lifestyles, is to make it easier for people to continue to do what they really, really enjoy and what's good for them and what they might be brilliant at and what they might go on to represent the United Kingdom or, you know, whichever part of the country you're in at the next uh, Olympic Games or whatever. So I think it's actually really important that we don't take a very sort of judgmental finger wagging view on, well, you can't do this and you can't do that. Well, how do we allow you to do this in a way that's safe and, and so on and so forth and actually the confidence which comes with a great smile is the same sort of confidence that you get through sporting success and endeavor and feeling good and feeling like you've got that self self-confident smile and so on and so forth so i think the two things are really really closely linked and we do see that a lot and there's a slightly cheesy line about the, the you know the day that win, you win the race or win the fight or win the match you want to be there grinning like a cheshire cat without feeling like your teeth are a barrier to that mm-hmm. Um, I did go through a little phase of treating lots of footballers who really wanted to have metal braces. So there was a little kind of cohort of quite, you know, professional footballers up where I am who all had the metal braces because I think they must have all thought it was cool at the time. And, and they kind of made it cool, actually, because <laughs> when we got the 13 year old in the next day saying, well, you know, so and so from so and so, you know, he's got the braces. Did you see the braces? And um, but it's amazing how these things play through. With sport and if you're doing sport a lot and you're having things like, um supplements and sports drinks and things these have knock-on effects to your oral health and do you have any advice for i know people say you can make things like homemade sports drinks i personally don't trust it but like what dentally speaking like what can you do to help make sure you're getting everything you need replaced but you're actually also taking care of your mouth Okay, so I I was going to mention it if you didn't, because I think this is the topic that we need to be addressing over and above trauma, which is actually the curse and the blight of sports and energy drinks, which have been marketed incredibly effectively, that if you go so much as walking to the post box at the end of the street, you need to have you know, uh, you know, 38 cups of sugar in in, in, in a sweetened, you know, in in, in a fruit flavored bottle. And and actually, it's, it's complete nonsense and it's incredibly damaging to the teeth and one of the things that we struggle with most of all particularly with younger patients is the tendency for them to snack and graze on sports drinks under the under the illusion that they may represent a healthy option and they're not they're completely chock full of sugar and it causes unbelievable damage to the teeth particularly so if you happen to have a fixed appliance in place so one of the first things that we talk to patients about when they're giving them diet advice at the start or during their treatment is whether or not they drink sports drinks or energy drinks and we all know what they are we don't need to name them and they're a disaster and they're a disaster zone because they're made out to be healthy they're made out to be popular or they're made they're be made to be popular amongst younger patients as an alternative to the classic kind of soda brands that we're all so familiar with which at least did what they said on the tin literally and metaphorically whereas these are a trojan horse of dental disease so that goes first the second point here is is around well actually what do people who are engaging with sport actually need to consume and if you speak to a nutritionist, particularly those with a particular interest in sport. And they will say that, frankly, if you eat a healthy, balanced diet and are well hydrated, you don't need to do anything. That using, you know, a, you know, a park run as an excuse to guzzle 38 cans of whatever is, is absolute nonsense. You simply don't need to do that. So the first thing I would do is to really question and challenge whether actually you do need to supplement 
at all, full stop. You would want to take specific advice if you're a serious sports person. And you will quite commonly hear and, and talk to runners who are doing a 10K or, or you know, or, or slightly longer, and they'll talk about having gels and having kind of sugar and all these kind of things. And for the most part, it's not really needed and there'll be alternative ways of fueling and hydrating without that high sugar load however there are clearly is a need to balance those kinds of things out but the first thing i would do is to question whether you really need to supplement particularly with very very sugary drinks can you get your energy from other sources and the answer is normally yes you can uh, not least because if you eat too many of those gels when you're running, they do terrible things to your inside. So it's really not, <laughs> not to be, it's not, it's not, not a mistake you make more than once. No, it's not. <laughs> um, but the, the secret generally is just proper nutrition. And it tends to be more the salts that people are deficient in that tends to slow them down. So the provided that you're well fed run in the run up to a race or a proper you know, significant sporting activity tends to be more hydration and salts that people become depleted in that tends to become a problem in terms of their performance so the idea of you know the, the, you know the, the year eight football team on a wednesday evening you know dish, dishing out the the, the the energy drinks at half time it's nonsense let them have a banana or half an orange or something like that and they'll be fine so that's a very long-winded way of me climbing onto my soapbox to say that nobody needs to drink sports drinks Full stop. They just don't need to exist. Secondly, challenge what you think you need in terms of supplementation, particularly when it comes to sugar orientated fueling during uh, exercise. The other aspect there, which makes it particularly risky, is that during exercise, you do tend to become dehydrated, which means that you do tend to have less salivary flow, which means that all those sticky sugary things, they're just sitting there. So it's really a potent, potent mix. And if you're a bit tired when you get home, you may not brush your teeth very well, all those kinds of things. And it can become a little bit of a perfect storm. So I would exercise common sense, caution, and cynicism. Because I tell you what, Roger Bannister did not have sports drinks. These things are marketed on the basis of health. And listen, there's a place for everything and everything in its right place, but it's about moderation. And it's just about making sensible choices. But it is heartbreaking when you see somebody turn up and they have got a mouthful of decay as a consequence of these drinking these things. And it happens on a regular basis, particularly mm -hmm. with the teenage orthodontic clientele who, you know, they will go into the local newsagent or supermarket with a couple of quid. And instead of buying a bag of crisps and a, a can of soda, they'll buy one of these things. Because, you know, quite often they've got they're loaded up with caffeine and these kinds of things as well. And yeah, it's 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 a disaster. I know that I know there's some steps to control some of this thing, but it can't come soon enough. You might, mm -hmm. There we go. That's my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, well needed, I think. I think there's a, the, the main issues when I think about sports and dental treatment are number one, in reverse order, beware the sports drinks. Number two, take professional advice around nutrition. But nothing is better than a good balanced diet and good nutrition a good uh, hydration rather if you are engaging in contact sports all uh, players should be wearing a mouth guard preferably a custom made one if you have orthodontic appliances in place and they are fixed then you will need to take specific steps care and advice to ensure that you have a mouth guard that is fit for purpose and if there's any doubt get it checked get it adjusted 
And finally, if you are considering starting orthodontic treatments and you're a serious contact sports player or even just somebody that would quite like an alternative, then clear aligner treatments represent, you know, a really different, useful option that very well may give you the best of both worlds. And I suppose the final point is where we started is that more and more people are looking after their health and looking after their well-being and looking for self-improvement. And whether that's through general dental work and investing in restorative or cosmetic dentistry or indeed orthodontic treatments, the crossover of those people and those that are playing uh, regular uh, sport uh, is growing and growing and growing. So this is a conversation which I think will stay at the forefront of ours and our patients' minds as we move forward uh, through the next uh, few years and beyond, I hope, because it's, it's a jolly good thing in my view. Absolutely. And I think that's a great, a great summary of, um, of everything that we've, we've mentioned. Um, if are you on social media, if someone wanted to follow you, where could they find you? They can find me on LinkedIn under my name, which is Guy Deeming. They can follow uh, me on Instagram, which again is my name. And probably the best thing to do is to follow the practice because there's lots and lots of uh, information on there at Queensway Braces. And there's lots and lots of patients on there who are telling their stories, including quite a few sports people. Um, and you'll be able to follow their progress and their success. So we've certainly had uh, one, uh, Savannah Marshall, who I, who's worked with us actually, so I can say her name, who is a very, very successful female boxer. Uh, and she's, she's done very, very well uh, recently in some of her um, fights and is going on to great, great things with uh, a really nice smile. <laughs> fantastic i'm gonna have a look at she that didn't get her teeth knocked out she didn't get her teeth knocked out we're increasing a long way it continues so uh, there we are so you yeah, have a little look at queensway braces or uh, linkedin is the best place all right fantastic well that's amazing thank you guy um for sitting and talking to me i've learned tons from speaking to you so i'm sure other people will as well yeah thanks a lot it's a pleasure thanks for inviting me Dr. Guy Deeming there. I will leave all of his social media information below if you want to go and check him out. If you want to learn more about Smile Month, you can go to smilemonth.org, follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And again, we'll link all of our social information below as well. Now, if you want some more bespoke oral health advice, you can always contact our helpline and go to dentalhealth.org forward slash dental helpline to send them any queries that you might have about your oral health. Now, thank you again to Dr. Guy Deeming and Align Technology for making this podcast possible and thank you to you for listening.